It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Barnes, one of the fantasy analysts over at uh, FantasyPoints.com. I work on the IDP side of things as well as my partner, Thomas Simons. How are you doing today, Thomas? Oh, my head is swimming in transactions. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we all? Yes, uh, indeed. As Thomas is foreshadowing here, uh, we're recording this. Uh, basically right after a cut day, uh, there've been a lot of trades, a lot of roster cuts. What does that all mean for the IDP landscape? We're going to go through and pick out what we think are the most significant moves. Some are pretty obvious and then some are just going to be situations to maybe monitor a little more closely. Um, but, uh, Thomas, I think if you're ready, let's dive on in. Who, who do you have? Yeah, up first? Just before we get off and rolling on the individual players, it's, it's, something we should footnote to everybody is that this is an ever-changing landscape that players may get cut now, but they may end up on somebody else's team in the next day or so. So there are a lot of these players who will get cut and be brought back onto practice squads. There are a lot of these players who will get cut and move to another team. Um, so it's, it's a fluid situation and just keep that in mind as this could, what we're talking about now on Wednesday could turn around and completely change by the time it gets posted on Thursday or Friday. So just bear that in mind. I'm going to start with um, in Carolina, a surprise cut was Justin Burris, their safety. This obviously means that they're going to go with Xavier Woods and Jeremy Chin as their strong safety and their free safety with Chin playing in the box more frequently. Now they're going to want to use a cover two a lot in Carolina this year. So you could see Sam Franklin or um, Sean Chandler coming in as the third safety and playing deep with um, sometimes it's Woods, sometimes it's Chin, but I think they want to use Chin more so in the box. What do you think? Well, that's what we have been expecting, and that's what we have heard. Uh, the only thing that that uh, Thomas makes you and I, um, you know, worry a little bit there is that so far, you know, during preseason, well, preseason's over now, but during the right. preseason, Chin did play a lot more snaps deep as opposed to playing up, and now that he has a new safety partner in Xavier Woods. Uh, you know, there's a chance that they, you know, looking at their safety room, they've decided that their best defense is having um, uh, having Chin play deep. Uh, I, I'm with you. I still think it's going to be a split safety set. Uh, so um, but it probably means that Woods has more value uh, than, than we were originally thinking. Now, remember, Woods played more snaps last year than any other defender. So Woods had a, a career year in tackles mainly because he had a career year in uh, snaps. So I don't see Xavier Woods being able to repeat his season, but but if he is playing a, a, a significant number of, of, of box snaps and if these two kind of trade off, what it means to me is I'm I'm gonna pull back a little bit on Chin and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give Woods a little bit more weight just seeing what we've done with the preseason. But I think when all is said and done, it's still Chin who is, is the guy you want there. Yeah, and in, in Carolina loves to use their five six DB sets a lot. So 
these guys are going to see the field along with Franklin and Chandler, uh, as well as corner their cornerbacks, uh, quite a bit. So I, I think they're going to do a rotational thing, and it's going to be a game by game setup, and also the the particular offense that they're facing and the particular schemes. Now we'll stay in the secondary, but move over to the AFC East with New England. They cut Terrence Mitchell, veteran. Uh, the veteran got axed this yesterday, and this obviously means we talked about this in our last podcast that um, Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones will likely start at the cornerback positions, and Miles Bryant is probably going to be the nickel back. So Mitchell is out of the picture. Mills and Jones start. Bryant most likely the nickel. Uh, we got so this is a, a roster thing and all, but uh, this one also just kind of came up pretty recently. We're again going to talk about the Cardinals linebackers, um, and it does look like uh, where Isaiah Simmons says that he will be wearing the, the green dot. Uh, that's been passed around a lot this this preseason. We've been trying to figure out how Nick Vigil will mess things up. Our hope, our hope was that the Cardinals by now would figure out. Um, what the Bengals figured out a while back, which is that in short bursts, Nick Vigil looks great. But over the long haul, uh, you know, he, he has proven, at least up to this point, to be a liability. Um, so uh, we were hoping that by the end of the preseason, they would have enough confidence in Collins and Simmons to have those be the, the two primary backs. Now, that does not mean that Collins is going to also be the be the guy there. Um so that still leaves a little bit of a question as to whether or not it's Collins or Vigil who plays next to Simon, uh, Simmons a bunch. Simons, I thought I was your brother for a second. Oh. Um, but but what it does mean uh, to me is that they definitely did not give that to Collins or um, Vigil, and that says a lot about those two more than it does. We expected Simmons to be on the field the whole time. It's how it affects the other two, I think, that matters. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Now. Tampa Bay made a surprising move with they they signed Logan Ryan and then they turned around and they just cut him. So granted they they signed him in the offseason and now um Ryan is no longer with the Bucks so that means that Mike Edwards is going to start next to Antoine Winfield and our friend Keanu Neal is going to be the third safety in this um Tampa Bay Bucks defense, which means that they're probably going to use Neil more in the linebacker in the box kind of role at times, um, which is kind of concerning a little bit in regards to Winfield because Winfield was playing that that role early on in his rookie season, and now we're wondering if that's going to affect his tackle numbers. What are your thoughts about Winfield and and how Neil will affect his his production? Well, there's one note I want to make about um, about Logan Ryan, and this is something you know you'd mentioned at the top of the program about how incredibly fluid things still are. There's this like hard cut day, you know, hard cut off there where it's like, all right, 4 p.m. We know exactly what the 53 man roster is going to look like. It's not remotely true. All sorts of things happen. There's been trades and yeah, signings to practice squads and you name it. The interesting thing about Logan Ryan is because they're trying to figure out what to do with uh, their offensive lineman Ryan Jensen because of his injury. Um, one of the uh, one of the Tampa Bay beat writers, Greg Oman, uh, suggests strongly that uh, this is just a, um, a temporary. Uh, 
Yeah, because Ryan Ryan is, is a vested veteran. He doesn't go to waivers. So there is a good chance they basically just told Logan Ryan, hey, listen, we're going to have to quote unquote cut you and then bring you back. So um, if you're drafting today, you're in a tough position. What you want to watch is basically the next 48 hours. Does Ryan get immediately picked back up or does he not? And, and in fact, he did get cut. So, uh, you know, and Ryan in the middle of this changes everything. If he's not there, you're exactly right. Keanu Neal and Mike Edwards have, I think, larger roles here. Um, uh, but I, I would imagine, uh, to answer your question, I would, I would imagine um, that Winfield, uh, no matter who is, I think Winfield will be farther back. And I think that Edwards and Neal, Neal, is a player similar to Logan Ryan, who who seems to do better closer to the line of scrimmage in these kind of short area situations. Um, so I think I think no matter how no matter where Ryan ends up, Winfield is somebody I think that we that you and I both think might be getting uh, you know too little of the tackle share, no matter who is in front of him. All right, I want to move on to uh, to the Ravens. Um, interesting thing I noticed, you know, kind of, you know, Thomas and I have been pouring over these 53-man rosters, seeing, what, seeing if anything sticks out. One thing that stuck out to me is for the Ravens, obviously Tyus Bauer, Bowser is injured. They're hoping to get him back soon. Um, but really, there's almost nothing behind Odafe Owe and Justin Houston when it comes to outside linebacker there. So do they pick up somebody? Uh, you know, How soon does, does Bowser come back? Either way, we've seen this Ravens defense have multiple outside linebackers where they rotate them heavily. On paper, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to do that, which might mean Odafe Owe's uh, snaps will increase heavily. There's only so much they can get out of Justin Houston. He's obviously a veteran, and I know they're going to try and save his legs. So if Bowser comes back and they really don't add anyone, I, I expect to see Houston and Bowser rotate and Odafe Owe probably get a ton of snaps. So uh, I think Owe's arrow, for me, is pointing a little higher now that we're done with the, uh, the, 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 the main round of cuts. Now, speaking of linebackers and speaking of lack of depth, um, the Kansas City Chiefs cut Jermaine Carter, who they signed in the offseason. Now, that's not a real big surprise because he 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 didn't fit very well into the scheme they've been using this this offseason, and he didn't see much time at all in in um, preseason well as well as um, in practices and stuff. He didn't run with the ones, and in fact, it was the rookie Leo Chanel who's uh, running with the ones and will start most likely. Uh, although temper that because it, Chanel will most likely just be a two down back they'll linebacker. They'll go with Bolton and they'll go with Willie Gay. Um, but all they have outside of those three is Darius Harris at linebacker. So here's another situation where what you just mentioned, um, Justin, is the fact that there are going to be a lot, a lot of next, when I say a lot of bodies, keep in mind, t- teams are going from 80 to 53. So they're cutting 27 players pretty much each team. So you multiply that times 32, and there's a lot of players that are out there, and there's a lot of shuffling that's going to go on, a lot of practice squad high signings and, and roster signings. So here's a situation along with Baltimore where you're going to have a, a team looking for linebacker depth. 
So I want to bring up one of the uh, one of the more interesting, intriguing cuts uh, that also involved a trade, uh, and that is the Eagles, who have been uh, retooling their defense. We've we've probably the third podcast now we've talked about how the Eagles have retooled their defense, how, how differently the safeties will look this year compared to last year. And part of that look seems to be that um, veteran Anthony Harris, who's been a very productive and a very, very solid player for the Vikings and uh, for, for the Eagles last year, he's now on the outside looking in, in this new scheme that requires your uh, safeties to do a multitude of things. So they have actually cut Anthony Harris uh, and they, they traded for uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, the, the, at the time slot cornerback for, um, for the new Orleans saints. Now Gardner Johnson had been in um, uh, contract negotiations with the saints and that had seemed to have stalled. Gardner Johnson was a safety out of, out of uh, college, you know, and, and what, Basically, as the as the Saints found what they needed from uh, from him, he is he excels in covering the slot. But uh, Philly also has a really good slot guy uh, uh, on on their team, which is Avante Maddox. So it does look like C.J. Gardner Johnson will play uh, next to uh, kind of rising safety there, Marcus Epps. So I'm seeing Epps and Gardner Johnson both back there. One of the big reasons I think this is important, again, we're probably going to see this split safety set, so we're not expecting 100 tackles from Epps or Gardner-Johnson. But to me, the biggest piece of this news is the fact that most leagues will probably have C.J. Gardner-Johnson listed as a, as a cornerback. And now he's going to be most likely playing a starting safety role. One thing's for sure, he's going to be on the field 100% of the snaps. So this won't be a sort of situation where he's only the quote unquote nickel safety and they'll have a nickel cornerback. I think he's going to play a ton of snaps. He's going to have between 80 to 95 tackles. And uh, if you can use him in a CB required league, that is huge. Yeah, and they also have Kavon Wallace as their third safety in in that mix as well. So. I I think that Gardner Johnson, they actually traded for him and they went and got him. So he's going to be an integral part in that safety, uh, that safety room. Uh, in I, I know I, I've been harping about depth, but Houston is another team at linebacker that is, they made some cuts and then they turn around and, and you wonder, well, why? What what happened there with Kevin Pierre Lewis being cut? They were high on Kevin Pierre Lewis last year, and he played well for them. But this year they drafted rookie Christian Harris, and it looks like Harris is going to start, even though um, similar to you know most of the, of the rookies, who most likely just be a two down linebacker to begin with, like Leo Chanel in, in Kansas City, but. Harris is going to most likely be the strong side linebacker for Houston. And they do have some veterans in Neville Hewitt um, that will come off the bench and, and be in a rotation. But the Pierre Lewis um, cut was kind of a, I wouldn't say an, an eyebrow raiser because that's not really, Pierre Lewis wasn't a monster linebacker to begin with. But when you have depth, and, and that just goes to show you that they had concerns in other areas on the team that they needed to address and bring in extra bodies in order to address that concern. And that being said, Pierre Lewis was on the outside looking in. 
I want to talk a little bit about uh, um, what happened, speaking of, of trades, uh, what happened with Malik Reed. So uh, outside linebacker from the Denver Broncos, Malik Reed, uh, got traded to Pittsburgh. And I think that has um, fantasy implications. And this, these, are, these are deep league fantasy implications, to be clear. These are LB4, LB5, Edge 4, Edge 5 kind of situations. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it really impacts, I think, both teams. Uh, let's start with the, the Denver Broncos. We have been talking about how the team has been raving about moving uh, inside linebacker Baron Browning to the edge. And now he's an outside linebacker. And they've been really happy with his playing. So we had mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that Browning's um, path for snaps was pretty crowded because he obviously not only has to um, rotate in with the starters, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, who both have uh, hi uh, histories of, of not being able to stay on the field, <laughs> but they also but they also have uh, Malik Reed in front of him. So he was the he was the fourth in the rotation. So they moved Reed, which is to me a big sign that they really do feel confident that Browning is ready to step up and play a larger role. It will take. Um, uh, Gregory or Chubb to go down with injury um, uh, or to massively underperform before Browning is an actual like starter in an edge one, edge two situation. But uh, to me, long term and dynasty, it does mean a lot uh, for what they think of Browning and how he will fit here. Um, Thomas, what about the other side? What, what about the Pittsburgh side of this trade? Well, the, the Steelers their linebacking depth is not that good. They, they, another team that is shallow in the linebacker situation and Alex Highsmith is dealing with some injuries. So uh, Reed is going to be heavily involved to begin with to start the season. If Highsmith has uh, injuries that hinder him at all and, and limit his playing time. So Reed's going to slide right in on the outside like he was playing with Denver, uh, like he was in Denver. He'll be doing that for Pittsburgh moving forward. And I think he's going to, with a revamped linebacking core and the hope that Devin Lloyd can step it up and, and improve over uh, last year's performance, um, you have injuries being starting to accumulate in this linebacker depth um, for the Steelers. TJ Watts banged up, Highsmith's banged up. So getting Reed was critical in the, in a sense that they added depth and a much needed depth. Uh, I'm going to close out this section uh, with another linebacker um, situation, which is, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily a, a, a surprising cut. Especially um, with the fact you've been talking about this particular one person you'll mention here. <laughs> Yes. Um, in, in most of the podcasts and and there's a reason for it go ahead yeah my uh <laughs> my love hate uh relationship with uh jared davis has been documented pretty pretty heavily over the last <laughs> several years you know i was i was very high on him coming out of university of florida he started strong in terms of production but he he needed to to grow as a player Matt Patricia. He went, to, he went to the Jets, and the Jets and Robert Sullivan was like, "Oh, this guy's a you know he's a stud, and blah blah blah," and he fizzed out there too. <laughs> yeah, that was the big one. You know, you could blame a lot of what happened to some of the defenders on the Lions uh, on Matt Patricia, um, but when he went over to Robert Sala, who is uh, you know 
um, somebody uh, we've heard that that defensive players love playing for. And if if Salah couldn't find a use for him on on a on a linebacking core that really could use some some solid depth. For them to kick them, kick him back to Detroit. I mean, this, this guy is bouncing back and forth between two very, you know, um, uh, LB needy teams, and he can't stick on either one of them. Those were massive signs. But obviously, Jared Davis got cut. So what does that mean um, for the rest of the Lions linebackers? That means Derek Barnes and and Malcolm Rodriguez. Now they get a bump up. That's just one one player out of the way. So now it's just Alex Anzalone, Derek Barnes, and Malcolm Rodriguez. And Alex Anzalone still. Um, I'm still not 100 sure that by the end of the season, Alex Anzalone is still a starting linebacker for the Lions. So uh, definitely like Derek Barnes right now. I definitely love Malcolm Rodriguez as a uh, as somebody to stash on your bench, and or I like him in dynasty. Um, I don't know. Do you see anything different from this Lions rotation? No, I, I think you're hitting the, the nail on the head with Barnes and Rodriguez. And, and this is something we're going to have to pay very close attention to when the season starts. Watch the snap counts and see exactly how they're using Anzalone. Because I, I totally agree. Um, I, I don't see him as the linebacker of their future. And I know that they were really, really high on Barnes last year. And Rodriguez has really stood out this um, preseason, this offseason preseason training camp. So I, I totally agree. I think that Barnes and Rodriguez is going to be the duo that will move forward as we get later into the season and will be the ones to rely on. But again, we'll have to watch the snap counts. Yeah. So let, right, let's so, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say uh, that kind of wraps up the, the, the cut section. I was going to uh, move on to news and notes and let you uh, let you let you run that line for me. Yeah. Well, there's just, you know, a handful of critical uh, key injuries and injury notes and one trade um, that I want to make a a point about Um, Jimmy Ward. We talked about Jimmy Ward in San Francisco safety um, and, and he, the hamstring injury that he has in the last podcast, we mentioned that the hamstring injury might be a little more serious and that he may end up on the temporary injured reserve. And that's exactly what happened. They placed him on temporary IR and he'll miss the first month of the season and maybe more depending on how he rebounds from this injury. Um, Buffalo put Tredavious White, um, their starting cornerback on the physically unable to perform list, and he's out also four games. Now we kind of knew this was coming. So um, they're probably going to be using a rotation at the his cornerback slot spot, and whoever steps up and handles it the best is probably going to be the starter. So it's not something you should uh, target in your drafts and or auctions right away. Cornerback uh, Byron Jones on Miami also landed on the PUP list and is out four games. Now, two guys that came off the PUP list that are critical uh, and are important IDPs are Shaquille Leonard on uh, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. He was taken off the list, and it's a good sign that following his offseason back surgery because that means that he's going to be on the roster when the season starts. Now, whether or not he's going to be 100% in week one, um, he could be questionable going into week one. Keep that in mind that at least Leonard is off the list and will likely be playing by week two. 
Uh, Deion Jones on in Atlanta is another one who came off the PUP list. And this is another good sign because he had shoulder surgery during the off season. So he's going to be on the, the, the roster to begin the season as well. And again, here's another situation where don't be surprised if you see he's listed as questionable for week one. Uh, one minor trade that happened outside of that Philadelphia Eagles trade for Gardner Johnson, the Minnesota uh, Vikings traded for Ross Blacklock from Houston because they turned around and cut our, uh, veteran Armand Watts. So Blacklock is most likely going to step into Watts' position. Now, don't expect big numbers from Blacklock. Um, in DT-required leagues, he may be a serviceable type player, but don't expect big numbers. Yeah, it, it was really weird to watch that one. I mean, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about um, how Anthony Harris uh, – you know, who was a solid player, just happened to be a bad fit for um, some new schemes that they were trying to put together. And that's likely what's happened here in Minnesota with Armin Watts, who I, I you know, I think he's like 26 still. Uh, I think he's a solid player. I cannot imagine Watts doesn't end up on a team here very soon. Um, if there's any fantasy value there, it's the fact that, um, th- you know, it, it, there's a renewed, there's a, a tiny bit of renewed hope that Blacklock, who was, a, I think, a, a former second rounder, who we were hoping would make an impact on on the Texans, uh, maybe this, you know, this, this uh, change of scenery and change of scheme uh, might fit uh, Blacklock's uh, skill set a little bit more. But, you know, we're probably still talking DT2, DT3. Um, so... Agreed. Not a major impact, but still important because of all of a sudden, come week three, Blacklock is 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 up on the leaderboard more than it, than people were expecting. It might be scheme related. So, and obviously, the other thing I was going to say about that is we talk on here so much about how important it is that you, um, for an, for a defensive lineman to be on a line with a with a bunch of other talented players. Otherwise, you get very easily double-teamed and triple-teamed, et cetera. Well, Blacklock's moving on to uh, a, a really talented uh, Vikings front line, so with Benil Hunter and his Darius Smith, whatever. So way more talented than probably Blacklock's played on in his time in, tech, uh, in Houston. So I wouldn't – you know, if, again, he kind of ticks up the leaderboard a little bit more, there are a couple of signs here as to why that might happen. I'm not really – I'm moving him up a little bit. I think Thomas Thomas and I'll discuss that and probably move him up just a little bit, but it's uh, that's one to keep your eye on. If all of a sudden you see Blacklock up on the leaderboard, it might not be a fluke. We at least have we would have solid reasons to believe that 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 raised production would have some sort of of weight or foundation to it. But I still think that's a fairly long shot, especially with the fact that they're moving to a three four scheme this year and that he will play a defensive end defensive tackle type position um, and probably share that with Jonathan Bullard. So there's a rotation that could go on there. It's a new learning scheme for the entire team. And I I totally agree. And and we may bring him up a tiny bit, but only a tiny bit. Listen, if you guys are listening to this and you're a fantasy point subscriber, uh, I just want to tell you that Thomas and I have been, living in the discord app lately while um so many of our subscribers are drafting right now uh and helping them with their idp leagues we have 
we have folks in there who are drafting really deep leagues and are still, you know, still in uh, dynasty decisions making, and and they, they they themselves have to make cuts. And we also have people who are popping in, like, hey, I just joined an IDP league, and uh, we have to start three defensive players. What the hell do I do? Uh, so if you are a Fantasy Point subscriber, uh, I, I, I urge you to hop into that Discord because we basically live in there this time of year. We want you guys completely prepped for your draft. Uh, and we'll also be there once the season starts for waiver wires. And, and you know, one thing I remember from last year is we did get lots of like, hey, what the hell is happening with player X? You know, and we could say, oh, looks like he, you know, his position has changed or nothing at all. It's just bad luck. Stay the course. So, uh, you know, for all of the uh, weeks two to three at the beginning of the seasons where you uh, where overreaction kicks in, uh, don't forget to tap on that Discord board. Uh, Thomas and I will uh, will throw you a, throw you a rope. Indeed. All right, Thomas. Um, man, preseason's done. Next week, we're going to talk about some of our players who were excited to watch uh, and um, just some last-minute thoughts about players who uh, we think might blow up and players who might blow up in the bad way. Uh, so we'll, we'll hit those next week, and then we'll be off and running. It'll be time for football. Thomas, anything else to say before we uh, check out one, here? One last thing. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Yeah.